It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Check it out. I'm going to be transparent. I got on here ready to discuss a lot of different things tonight. I was ready to talk about some memories of LeBron involving the Kings, considering LeBron just became the NBA's all-time leading scorer. I got on here to talk about the Kings getting a a win with a gift thanks to Eric Gordon (laughs) with their win in Houston. But really... As I record this, really none of that matters. None of it does. You know why? The Western Conference is out of control right now. Hey, what's up, people? This is Jason Jones of The Athletic. This is the Ruler of the Court podcast where I talk Sacramento Kings basketball and I talk hip-hop. But you really can't talk Kings basketball. You got to talk Western Conference basketball. As I record this, we are less... We are what? Less than about what 15, 16, we're you know, we're less than a full days away from the NBA trade deadline, and the Western Conference has decided to say, you know what, the hell with it, fuck it, we're going all in, we're gonna go crazy. Let's just recap the last couple of days. Dallas Mavericks go out and get Kyrie Irving. Okay, you say, you know what, have you know, rental for the rest of the season, we'll see what happens. Uh, so you get to Wednesday. You know, the day after LeBron becomes the NBA's all-time leading scorer, the Lakers make a th- get into a three-way deal that brings them back D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, and Malik Beasley, giving them scoring, a point guard, uh, a point guard who could shoot, and they get off of Russell Westbrook and only have to part with one of the two coveted, sacred first-round picks they were holding on to only have to give up one of them not i think that's not a bad deal for them no so but then tonight actually as i'm chatting you know check out my other pod you know with a you know kenny caraway as we're getting ready to record that bada boom bada bing what happens kevin durant gets traded to the phoenix suns and they're able to get kevin durant without giving up deandre ayton you know, without giving up Devin Booker or Chris Paul. So, yeah, as they say around these parts or around a lot of parts, shit got real in the West. The Kings are still third in the West. You know, the Kings have still had a good start to the season. The Kings are still in line to make the postseason. 
Right now, they sit six and a half games behind Denver for the top spot in the West. They're two ahead of Dallas, who is fourth. And they're two ahead of Phoenix as well, which is which has the fifth spot. Actually, they're, they're two ahead of teams four through six, three games ahead of seven and eight, three and a half ahead of nine, four and a half ahead of ten. So... They're, you know, if they continue to handle business, they don't have anything I say to worry about per se. But my God, this is, this is insane. Which leads us to this question. Can, do the Kings need to do something before the, for the deadline? And, and here, this becomes a philosophical debate. I'm in the camp of the Kings aren't necessarily a championship contender right now. And you only make a move if that move makes you a championship contender. You don't make a move just for the hell of it. And what I don't know if there's a move the Kings could make to compete with the damn Phoenix Suns getting Kevin Durant. I know KD's out right now. KD's not playing. But damn it, how do you do that? I don't know. I don't know if you can do that. So, what's next? What's, you know, I don't know. Like I said, this has just been wild. I really wanted to get into um, some talk about, you know, the Kings and all that. But I can't do that right now. There's just too much going on. So, I'm going to take a quick breather. Pause the recording. Gather myself, and I'll be right back. Hey, NBA fans, it's time to bring back the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. For a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. And you got, I know it's uh, Super Bowl week and everyone's worried about football, but there's a lot going on with the NBA, obviously with the trade deadline. You know, if you were having some fun the other night, you could have bet on how many points Kyrie Irving was going to get in his debut. And there's a lot of debuts coming up with all these deals. So you can have a whole lot of fun with that. But here's what you got to do. Download the app now and sign up with the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see the show notes for details. And okay, I'm back. I, I got, I'm I'm still pretty stunned. Not like in the sense that I don't know, man. This is crazy. And all this to beat the Kings. I know that's going to be the joke out there in Sacramento, but all these teams making all these moves just to stop Demonte Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. But in all seriousness, 
with you know hours left before the NBA trade deadline, what should the Kings do? Do they make a move? What's out there? Um, the problem I see with them making a move is that I'm not sure if these moves or some of the names who might be available would disrupt, would uh, give so much to the Kings that it'd be worth doing it. You know, the name John Collins was tied to the Kings for a while. I don't see where you where you throw John Collins in on this team. Yeah, it'd be nice to have an, another big guy with some skill like Collins, but you're gonna put you're gonna give up Harrison Barnes to get him. Are you going to? Yeah, that would be the big question, you know. And I don't think that moving Harrison is is, is what this team would want to do. It's just that in terms of salary, to bring in a bigger name, you're going to have to put one decent sized salary out there. And Harrison would be the, the the obvious choice because you look at the Kings' core players, who who might be movable, so to speak. You know, Harrison, you know, has that you know declining value last year. The deal, he's a veteran. But I just can't justify doing that unless you're going to get a dynamic, you know, wing player back. I don't know if you need to play two bigs or in, in traditional sense with Sabonis and a, and a guy like Collins. I just don't know if that type of move puts you into the next stratosphere, if you will, in terms of NBA teams. Then you've got, yeah. If you look around, you know, I don't think Phoenix is getting off of DeAndre Ayton. And I don't think Bradley Beal's available. You look, you look around the West, I don't think Utah's going to trade anybody else that might be helpful. I just don't see, you know, you don't need a, you don't need a guy like Eric Gordon. You know, I, I just don't see, you know, Eric, even though you could say Eric Gordon was a king for a night in Houston. But I just don't see the move out there. Unless you're getting back something significant. And at this stage of the game, why would any team make that type of move? I just don't see it happening, y'all. So, where do the Kings rank in this hierarchy at the moment? Is there anybody you would pick the Kings to beat in a seven-game series as of today? Doesn't really matter, of course, but the way the West is kind of... Um, gotten into the race to see who's going to be, you know, the king so to speak. It's going to be it's going to be an interesting you know way down the stretch, you know, the Kings will have to see Phoenix in the near future, but they may be catching them in a good time. You know, Kevin Durant's going to, you know, they won't have that whole thing rolling. So, this is just a lot to, to ponder with this, but man, the West is crazy. And before I transition over to music, uh, I need to get off of this whole uh, this whole trade deadline stuff because it's been so crazy. There's still time for more moves to get made. At this point, I expect, a, you know, like we've seen in the past, a bunch of little deals right before the deadline. So let's see if the Kings get involved. Monty McNair's always done something before the deadline and... I don't think uh, bringing in Kessler Edwards is going to qualify as the big move for them if they make a move. So, yeah, but just real briefly, we're gonna. I want to just it hasn't been announced yet, but we'll talk about all stars and 
who goes where and will De'Aaron Fox get a chance to be an all-star? Uh, you know, injury-wise, um, Steph Curry, Zion Williamson, two guys who doesn't appear will play in the all-star game, which gives the West two more spots to fill. You know, and in the East, Kevin Durant, you know, he plays in the West. He was voted as an Eastern all-star. So you got some spots open. And who is in line for those spots in the West? At least two of them. I would like to think, I would I would think De'Aaron Fox is right at the top of that line. But I'm going to give you a couple of other names to consider. And if one of these guys gets in, and De'Aaron, even though I, I, like I said, I believe De'Aaron was getting in last week and I was dead wrong. So, I'll give you a couple of other names to consider in this situation. I think Anthony Edwards, in terms of guards, has to be the 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 biggest competition for De'Aaron. At the time that the selections were made, the, the Timberwolves at the time were a top six team in the West. And they were the only team in the top six that did not get an all-star. I know I was at things like the same as they were before, but Edwards is averaging 24.6 points, six rebounds, four and a half assists. I think everyone expects greatness from him. At some point, he's shown plenty of flashes of that this season. So I would look out for him as the primary competition if... Uh, Adam Silver goes with what I like to call him the Lifetime Achievement All-Star. Like a guy who's been All-Star adjacent, kind of close, kind of good, you know, for his career. Look out for C.J. McCollum to get uh, 21.3 points, 4.4 rebounds, 5.9 assists. And with Zion not playing that, you know, even though this is not baseball, I know. But that gives New Orleans a player actually in the game, and CJ's had a you know he's had a great career you know a, you know a great career a guy the Kings could have drafted and they passed on, and that that was the Bid Mclemore year that was that that was a wild time in Sacramento you needed a shooter and you don't take a guy who's probably one of the the, the premier shooters in the draft but hey I digress so and so so that's one other guy I would look at. Another guy to consider, Jamal Murray. And I know that's not something anyone, <laughs> I know no one in SAC would agree with that, even though Jamal's missed a couple of games lately. You wonder if, you know, perhaps he gets named to the team with the hopes that he could do something, you know, down the road. Because you never know with these things. It just It's just crazy. Yeah, like I said, so yeah, I would just look at a guy like that as well. I know he's, you know, he has a knee injury, but for a chance to be an all-star, I would not be surprised to see a guy like him be like, hey, you know, I feel good now. Let me get out there. He's averaging 20.2 points, 5.6, rebounds for the team that's leading the West. So, in terms of guards, I think those are the guys. And again, 
if it's just based on stats, it's going to be either De'Aaron or Anthony or both. But don't rule out the notion that, hey, that guy has really worked hard his entire career and we'd like to see him get in there. So, and also, I'm going to give you a couple other names. If, if Adam Silver wants to go with a bigger guy, I think Aaron Gordon gets in. Or Anthony Davis, one of those two. But we shall see what happens. Okay, enough basketball talk. I know it's a little later in the week, but I want to go ahead and give you my quick take on that uh, Grammys hip-hop tribute. 50 years of hip-hop celebrated at the Grammys, and I'm a habitual non-Grammy watcher. But this got me watching just to see how the tribute would go. I actually, I really enjoyed the tribute. I'm not going to front. I enjoyed it. If I had any complaints, probably some of the same complaints that some of you had. I thought it was a little too New York's East Coast centric. I don't know what the mechanics were and how to get guys out there, who was going to be there. I don't know how all that stuff got put together, obviously. But I'm the biggest omission to me was... New Orleans in Miami. You know, the Uncle Luke era of hip hop was pivotal in the sense of getting you know, the whole censorship battle. That was a two live crew. I don't know if Luke was available, but I would have loved to seen, you know, him get some shine in that, you know, along with just some of the uh the in the, the the Miami, this that Florida sound, whether it be a trick daddy, shoot flow rider, pit bull. You know, I think there was you know, Trina. You know, I think there was an opportunity there to get a little more in there. And then the other to me glaring omission was the that the lack of New Orleans. Uh, I'm old enough to remember that that when New Orleans, the state of Louisiana, was carrying hip-hop. I'm talking about cash, money, no limit. And, that, and I mean, you look back and that people might say, hey, that music wasn't all that good. Particularly talking about the no limit era. But that was an era that really carried the genre. And I would have liked to have seen that that period included more. I'd like to maybe see a couple, a little more uh, Texas and... And West Coast sprinkled in, even though we did get too short in iced tea. You know, something from the Death Row era would have been nice. You know, something from that sound. You know, something from the you know uh, from the NWA tree because NWA was so influential uh, to hip hop. I get though that also Dr. Dre was given that Global Impact Award. So the West Coast was you know that era was highlighted during the Grammys, but. I think it would have been cool to get that mixed in. Again, just an observation. Again, I don't know what to, who did what to make sure what happened. I mean, I can't even imagine trying to coordinate that many artists, basically giving everyone a verse except Busta. Busta got then I got to kind of go in his bag a little, but I can imagine trying to coordinate all that to make that happen. I'm sure it was not very fun. <laughs> that being said, though. All in all, I enjoyed it. I'm glad Kendrick won another Grammy. You know, I know my peoples in Virginia thought it should have been Pusha T, but that's not my favorite Pusha T album. I just just wasn't. So, but like I said Kendrick is a, is a damn genius. So, but I will. Ju- uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get up out of here. Uh, trade deadline is going crazy. 
I will be back relatively quickly with you know the post-trade deadline analysis, seeing where the Kings fit in the new West. And I think I might actually dive into this Billboard top fifty rappers of all time list. What I like, don't like, you know, have some fun debating that. So you guys know what to do. Follow me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. Instagram is Mr. Jones LBC. And this is the Ruler of the Court podcast, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. Happy trade deadline day, guys. This is going to be a fun one. This new rebuilt West is going to give us a whole lot to talk about in the coming days, weeks, as we march down to the postseason. So, again, I'm Jason Jones. You can find my writing at theathletic.com. latest story out is about Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf and his new documentary. So, y'all be good out there. Stay out of trouble. And we'll tap in before, you know, after the trade deadline, before the Super Bowl. I'm out of here, y'all. Gone.